Podcast listeners, welcome back to your second dose of the fastest 30 minutes in all of podcasting. It's Tim and Marcus from Viewer's Choice giving you our second part of our high-low game for the greatest WWE wrestler ever revisited project. Of course, I'm Tim. I already said Marcus is here, but Marcus, are you here? Uh, I am present and accounted for, and I'm ready to get to some racking, some stacking, and stuff Getting, i was gonna say <laughs> are you psyched are you amped are you juiced so I, thought, I thought about that promo today actually and i like want to tweet uh Dwayne, future president the rock johnson to be like how many takes was this promo uh because it's probably like three or four if i had to take a guess knowing like how anal the rock could be right but also like why didn't you say electrified at any point in that promo right he could have been anything it's you right could have, there. you could have taken juiced out. It's all these synonyms for I'm electrified. Psyched. I'm amped. I'm pumped. I'm ready to rock. I'm juiced. I'm ele- no, I'm not. I'm not, not electrified, electrified for anymore. The XFL. Maybe no. if he says it, if he says it for the new XFL reboot, the new new reboot, the new new, the new boot the new reboot, then it'll be um, it's not Act One or Act Two that matters. Then that's right. It's always what matter what happens in Act Three. Uh, but if this is your first time listening to us play high low, do yourself a favor, go back, pause this, listen to part one. We explain what happens there, but we'll also do you a favor now if you're too lazy and you don't want to hit pause and go back. We are playing the traditional price is right game high low. We have a list of a plethora, almost 150 WWE superstars who could possibly be on the greatest WWE wrestler ever list comprised by the Quadipods, the place to be nation plus us here at the North South connection. And it is so much fun. We covered a litany of topics, eight in total. We're setting 30 minutes on the clock and as many as we can get through, we're blasting through them. And if you were listening last week or last time we were here, not last week, we're every two weeks. Last time we were here, we told you who we were leading off with this time. And it is the beautiful, talented, sexy. That's the that's the that's the adjective the WWE has given her. Fair enough. My sexy, beautiful, gorgeous wife, Maurice. The wickedly talented. The wickedly talented Adele Dazim is on the list. But we are going to set the clock. 30 minutes, starting with Maurice and then going through as many other names as randomly possible. Marquise, are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Send the power of the warrior. Light the flame. Ready. Three, two, one. Pourquoi? Why Maurice? Where is she standing in the rankings for you? Good, sir. Bottom 50. I originally had her in my 
like 91 to 100 territory. Currently, she is in the first five off the list. Okay. And I think as I continue to work my way through my list, she might hop back on the list. I think her in-ring work um, during like the early part of the like 2011, the, the PG era, I think her work is actually really good. Uh, in the diva, in the divas division, she has a really awesome moment returning uh, in Hershey at Raw as uh, the Gobbledygooker. Yes, That's an awesome moment. Um, I like the um, the mixed tag match at WrestleMania with her and Miz versus Nikki and John Cena. Mm-hmm. And uh, I absolutely love the finish where she had the brass knucks uh, in her good place. <laughs> yes, in her good place. Uh, in her in good place, a pass from the Miz. Right. Uh, <laughs> a trick from that top shelf any day. Uh, and hand him off to the Miz. I thought yes. that was a brilliant finish. I love Maurice. I love anytime she's on screen. I think she instantly upgrades um, any segment that she's in. And um, I think when it's all said and done, she's going to end up in my top 100 workers list. I think that if this were a WWE ladies list, she would be very high on it. Probably a top 10, possibly top 15. If this was a personalities list where it doesn't count for wrestlers and it's managers and valets and, and commentators and things like that. I think Maurice has, uh, has a bigger uh, leg to stand on, on that. What hurts her is just the fact that there's so many other talented people with, either a bigger uh bigger cachet in the in-ring side or a bigger cachet as like a, a just a performer in general mm-hmm. um but not to, not to take it away from her Maurice super talented um there will never be another Maurice um there's so many people the WWE wants to proclaim as the hottest woman in wrestling nope uh, there's only one it is done it is locked away and it is stored in a, a vault in Fort Knox. It is Maurice, uh, the best to ever do it. Uh, Without question. Speaking of the best to ever do it, it's a person who we have been searching for on the shelves of targets nationwide. It is the animal Dave Batista. Big daddy Dave himself. Mr. High Smackdown. Low, this man is high for me. He is above 50 without question. Uh, and as of right now, I mean, he is very, very high up on my list. What about you, Tim? I know that you are consistently in the lab tinkering and messing with the formula of Michael's secret stuff, just trying to figure out the perfect concoction. Batista is absolutely a top 50, guaranteed top 50, even more guaranteed top 25, I would mm-hmm. go so far as to say. Mm-hmm. Um once you start getting to that 25s, you really have to start thinking about like ra- you're talking about rarefied air for people. So I can conf- com- confidently say top 25, but there is a place to say top 10, especially since we're talking specifically WWE. The amount of moments that Batista has, I think what's going to be the down part for him is probably going to be the work rate. Like he has good matches, but he's got good Batista matches not necessarily good matches, but neither here nor there guaranteed top 25 for me. And the name of the game is just above 50. So we're up plus 50 on Dave Batista without question. Uh, a Dave Batista feud 
for our next one is Mr. Kennedy. Oh, Kennedy. 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 Uh, I originally had him on the list um, below 50. Um, as I started tinkering with the formula and the list, like you said, he has been somebody who has been bounced off the list. I don't know if he's going to make it back on my list. Uh, he's in my – well, yeah, he's in my first uh, 15 off. Yeah. Um, I think what hurts – I think what hurts Mr. Kennedy is if he had the longevity – Mm-hmm. He could have strung together more years of the work he was putting in, mm-hmm. but this is a supernova-like experience. The in-ring yeah. was solid at best. The promo work absolutely carries it. The The jump-up moments, he does have a few really solid jump-up moments, especially like the Money in the Bank stuff. Mm-hmm. But for everything he's got like that, he's also got... You know, the injury prone stuff and hurting Randy and like getting the money in the bank pulled off of him wrongly so Edge could win it. And then he's back the next week. Like he's he's in the match where Cena has his first major injury. Right. It's just he's Kennedy for all the good he has. There's a lot of snake bite that's in him as well. Um, I think maybe if he could have put together another two to three solid years, mm-hmm. I think you can really solidify him as being broken into that top 100, but sub 50 for sure. And probably off the list, uh, in general, a person who is a lock to be on the list, I'm sure. And a person who has been in the names of, or been in the mouths of a lot of wrestling fans this calendar year. Uh, unfortunately, due to his passing. But next up for us is the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon for me is top 50. Yep. For sure. Um, I kind of struggled. Like, I know he's absolutely top 50 and he's like above top 40 for me. So it's like fitting him in there. Like you said, like that 25 to 40, 45 range, like it's right on the cusp of breaking into like if there was if there was a level of wwe above wwe where it's just like a roster full of hall of famers like does razor ramon make that 25 cut and for me not quite but i mean he's got a really good run uh he comes in in 92 he's an immediate impact player he's in the main event scene um to the point in 93 like he's already putting over new characters because he He's a made dude in less than right. a year. Um, nuance, like off the charts with nuance. Um, you know, his work rate, I don't think he has anything that like really jumps off the page, but like all his stuff is really solid. Like I think his Brett matches are probably his best. He's got the match, the two ladder matches with Sean. Um, so it might just be a product of like a different era then when he didn't have as many cracks at having five star matches. Right. Um, he's also got that tag match, the click tag match. Like that's really good. So he's stuff with a, double J is yeah, really like good. That's all, that's all like three, three and a quarter, three and a half territory. Mm-hmm. So of the new gen guys, he probably actually has a stronger case for the work rate than some of the others might. Um, right. So yeah, maybe for I have sure. to keep factoring that in. What about you, Tim? I think that if there is a gatekeeper for Mr. 25, it's probably razor. Okay. 
Um, the problem for me, though, is the fact that I feel that Razor's best years and best work happens in WCW mm. and not in WWE. And if this was like a top 100 wrestlers period of all time period list, then Scott Hall guaranteed top 50, top 25 probably because mm-hmm. i'd have to look to see just think of it if you really did the math we just did the greatest wcw list the gwcw list where was scott hall on that list you average the the number from scott in wcw to razor in wwf and that's probably where he'd land as an all-time wrestler mm. um just for that that's um, an interesting pro- uh, interesting side project right so like really easy to do in like a, a, a Excel spreadsheet, maybe hit up uh, Ryan Gray and see what he can do in uh, <laughs> the spreadsheet wizardry. Um, but uh, for the purposes of this, definitely top 50, uh, somewhere between that uh, 25 and 50 high, high in that bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up for us, a person who has also been on the, in the mouths and on the the top of people's brains uh, the last uh, little bit of time. He is the leader of the Yes movement. He is the uh, what, what was he the eco friendly planets champion? Yeah, the planet champion. Planets champion, Mister Daniel Bryan Danielson. Above fifty. Um, I mean, I think he. He has, man, just about everything you could ask for on this list. I think, um, you know, he's a four in in the regards of what you look for in GWWE. He's a four tool player. Yeah, he has he has the nuance. He has the promos. He's got the jump up ability, and he's got the work rate. Right, and like and the match variety. Like he's got gimmick matches. He's got big like big time big event matches he's got tv stuff he's got six mans he's got tag a tag a couple tag runs uh he's got a heel run on top he's got a face run on top like you know he's got mid card work dude he's got, responsible for multiple wrestlemania moments yeah like yeslemania 1 yeslemania 2 kofi mania a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's daniel bryan against mm-hmm. kofi kingston because if kofi's going against anybody else it doesn't really work the same way I mean, he saves he saves the SmackDown uh, main event at 37 by right. being inserted in there because like that was running on fumes already. So and it, you just, just inject him yeah. in, yeah. Yep. And so I think Daniel Bryan absolutely top 50, really breaking breaking through the top 25. Yep, agreed. Um, but I think what takes it away from him is being, or where where you could take away from him is kind of what we talked about last time here. Recency bias versus legacy legacy scoring. Mm-hmm. You know, Daniel Bryan, there was very few hotter and as hot as he was from a crowd reaction standpoint in arenas, uh, especially during the height of the Yes movement in 2014. 14, yeah. Like, just his he could hang his hat on his entire wwe career after wrestlemania 30 and he almost had to due to injury but luckily he came back and he's still doing his thing in aew 
again, I think he is going to be very much like Razor Ramon. Would be higher on the list if it were a top 100 all-time wrestlers. But because it's specifically WWE, there's more people who mean more to the WWE than Brian. And that might push him mm-hmm. down a little bit. But I still think he's in that top 25. Agreed. That, that echelon. Yep. Um, oddly enough, a lot of these names are starting to like line up and work together. But a person who Daniel Bryan had a jump up moment with uh, for a brief period of time is the eater of worlds, the fiend Bray Wyatt. Uh, I, I will start. I will start as you, for whatever reason you think eater of worlds is funny this evening. Um, um, oh, man. Okay. I think the court of public opinion will instinctively want to put Bray Wyatt higher on the list. Oh, but to me, Bray Wyatt is a sub 50 because he is very spurtable. Mm. He, he was with the WWE for a very long time in modern standards, but you can literally clip his career out into like a meaningful two months, a meaningless four, a meaningful one and a half. And like snip, snip, snip. There's a lot of start and stop. Part of that is injury. Part of it is his own stuff. Um, the biggest, longest part of his run is the fiend stuff. And what carries that is the out of the ring stuff. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of promos, a lot of promos, a lot of nuance, a lot of creativity. It's crazy to say that probably Bray Wyatt's match in WWE history is going to go down as the Firefly Funhouse match from like singles Bray Wyatt match. Cause obviously oh, okay. you, yeah, yeah. You, you account for everything. Then you got to count Wyatt's versus shield yeah, as that's being a as yeah. in their like swimwear. But for me, the fiend, the court of public opinion, the general fan will eat, will probably say easy top 50. Not for me. Yeah. Um, Just he, he's sub 50, not saying he's bottom of the list, but he's, he's in that, like he's in that middle two thirds pack. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up like the spurtability factor with him because like when I think of him, I think of his spurts, right? Like the debut, like they ended a raw with the vignette of him going to debut like the next week. Like that was like unheard of, like major hype, like all the debut stuff. They bring him in, like they bring him in well and like all the out of the ring stuff. Like that's cool. And um, like the little feud with the new day and the shield stuff. And, but it's all spurts. And like, I love his title win at the elimination chamber. Uh, I think that's 17. Like that's super awesome. But then like, they don't do many favors with the the worms match, right? And it's just like, okay, like we're entering another like down period. So um, off the list right now for me, so definitely bottom 50. Um, depending on how much I value those spurts, could pop back up on the list, but highly unlikely, Jess. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, also related to Daniel Bryan and Kane, next on our list for this, this round of high-low is... The devil's favorite demon, the big red machine, Kane. Mayor Kane. Oh, Glenn from Tennessee. And um, uh, before we get started, I'm going to use a portion of this 30 minutes 
to take to task the the crew over at No Holds Barred for being real disrespectful and putting Mayor Kane in like the 90s. They need to reassess their lives. There's no way there's 80 plus wrestlers better than Kane. Like think about WWE. Kane. He's in all those shield six man tags that are awesome. Like in the first like three months, Kane's in them. Uh, he's got the own Kane spot in the money in the bank ladder match. He's got the rumble run in Oh one. He's a believable rumble presence. Like anytime yeah. he's in the rumble, you have to think he's right. in it. Like he's in it to win it. Um, multiple time tag team champion with multiple different partners, like not a specific right. style guy has perpetually been over yeah. um is involved in the greatest story the WWE has ever told True. by by sheer proxy of how close he is to the undertaker undertaker alone reaches his cold dead hand down and pulls his baby brother up of importance in the GWWE top 100 yeah, cause just because they're so closely linked and there's so many moments. So uh, Kane right now is sub 50 for me. Um, but that's probably just like taking into account the longevity, right? Like dude was around for 20 years. So, so there's going to be, you know, with all the ups, there's going to be downs. So Right. And it's one of those things where it's like flexibility is go- it ends up being a down, like can be perceived as a downfall for him, especially in the tail end of his career when he's flip flopping between corporate Kane and mass Kane and mm-hmm. all the like, or excuse me, demon Kane, demon Kane, excuse um, us, blah, blah, blah. Either way, I still think that Kane's all of the goodwill that Kane had from his debut at bad blood 97 through until at the very least when he loses his mask in 03. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a really, really good stretch. And like, I don't even like, I don't not mind like, um, unmasked Kane, like kind of like Bray Wyatt. It's spurts. Like there's good, there's bad, there's ups, there's downs. But for me, he's bottom, bottom 50, but he's definitely on the list. And he's, um, Flirting with top 75. I think he's closer to 50 for me. Um, If he's not 50, he's like right below it. He's like plus, he's plus or minus five on either side of the 50 line for me. Um, Just because of like the moments and the longevity, the, the jump up moments really stand out for me. Okay. Um, Not going to be a work rate guy, but you, when you're, Seven feet tall and you're a freak of nature. You really don't have to be. Right. That's not his role. That's not his role, Jack. That's, that's for somebody else. Um, next up, a person who tons of work rate. Um, a man who never quite to showcase what he could do in the WWE in a championship perspective, but probably should have. It is Jake the Snake Rabbit. Jake the Snake Rabbit. Uh, sub 50 for me so below um really excellent promos the work rate like his house show stuff i find to be really good but the pay-per-view output isn't always there and i think that's that's going to be a sticking point for me yeah i think i think what's going to end up being for him is the fact that 
he never got to put it together in like a main event type scenario for mm. WWE. Always kind of, especially when he's height of powers in WWF, he's very much like the king of the B or C storyline going on in WWE. Never, yeah. never ever is he a focal point. But he, he's always a solid supporting. Like he kind of takes up the spot that like Junkyard Dog had in like 85, 86. To break it into sports, he's a he's the best six man you could ever get. Yep. He's he's the best utility player. Like he can play he, he can play him at second. He can play outfield. He can relief pitch for garbage <laughs> time innings. He can catch. Like he's also the bullpen catcher. Like he just he does every like th- that one time your manager got thrown out of the game. He picked up the card and was good. Like that's Jake. Um, but unfortunately, also longevity does not necessarily play well with him. Um, he's gone in 92, 91, after WrestleMania, gone in 92, goes to WCW. Then he's doing his own little thing, whatever he's doing. He comes back, he comes back, he finds Christ, he gets a yellow boa. And then thanks to him, we get awesome 316. True. Yeah. And that's probably Jake's last gift aside from those who love watching like beyond the mat or those who enjoyed that legends of wrestling thing that he did. Um, but, or heroes of wrestling, was it legends of wrestling or heroes of wrestling? One of them was a video game and one of them was a pay-per-view where he talked about aces and eights. Heroes of wrestling. Got two of those too. Um, Jake for me, sub 50, unfortunately, The work rate's good. The psychology is going to be there. He's somebody that you can absolutely, as a student of the game, you can look at and you can you can see people who people we've even talked about on this episode have picked from the Jake Roberts playbook and made it work equal to or better than Jake ever did. But I think that may also be because Jake was ahead of his time mm-hmm. in in certain aspects and what Jake can accomplish. Or what Jake could have accomplished was just lost because of the era in which Jake was in. Um, We continue on with our next topic, going back to the women's division. It is Miss Jacqueline. I love that theme song for uh, (laughs) Miss Jackie and PMS. WWE Hall of Famer Jacqueline. Absolutely. Anybody had a problem with that can... Unfortunately Jump, for yeah. me, she's she's sub fifty and sub 50. probably sub hundred. Yeah, sub hundred off um, the list deserves to be recognized mm-hmm. for being integral to the probably darkest period of women's wrestling in WWE of when the women's division actually existed. The darkest time period for wrestling. Right, um, she is the person with the flashlight pulling Sable and company through some of the darkest times. And like, even into the Oh one Oh two era, like, like her and ivory and like, they're just trying to just like pass the baton onto like Victoria and like get Trish caught up. Is somebody going to take this? Like, right. Somebody. Right. So, and like, I thought it was cool when like, she was a referee. I thought like she was like believable in that role. And, you know, the cruiserweight stuff, like 
yeah, I, I believed her fighting the men. Like, I thought it was cool. Um, I thought it was less of a force than China. Um, just different time, not as well executed, of course. But anyways, yeah, not on the list, but definitely uh, worth talking about, I think. Cool. I know we're coming close up on time. I'm not looking at the clock whatsoever, but next up is a person, again, very topical for the, the season, especially when this comes out. Person who just headlined their first WrestleMania in Kevin Owens. Ah, Mr. KO Show. Um, he is sub 50 for me. Um, that's, but to me, that's definitely like with an asterisk. Yes. Probably because like one, I think now he is probably reaching that point where maybe physically, um, he's like Justin Verlander. Let's put it this way, uh, for baseball, right? Like remember that season where like Verlander lost his fastball Mm -hmm. and we thought he was dead, right? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> he like gets Tommy John, right? Ends up pitching back for the Tigers. Looks pretty good. Goes to the Astros, and then like is like a Cy Young candidate. Like ever since then, I think he's coming off of what looked like he might have been losing his fastball, which was before the Roman Reigns push. Uh, not push, but the Roman Roman Reigns program. Right there, at the tail end of the pandemic era. Right. Um. Start like going into twenty one. And then, mm-hmm. like, the face turn, using the stunner, pushing him as a baby face, but, like, letting him be snarky. Like, that's what Kevin Owens has to be and as a baby face. And that can always easily be um, played into, like, him turning heel, which is, like, what they did. So I think now he's reaching the point where, like, we see this with wrestlers. And I always think it's exciting, like, where the physical prime – is like starting to come to a close, but the mental prime is like just starting and we're in this sweet spot with him where it's like, we're going to have like two or three years where like he can still go out there and put on like bangers and take insane bumps and do what only Kevin Owens can do in the WWE. But like mentally, psychologically, and like as far as like reactions and beats goes, everything's going to line up. So I think as the year goes on, he could even uh, move up the list. Oh, he'll absolutely move up on the list. It's one of those things where just just also, as we mentioned, with like the difference between recency bias and legacy scoring and things along those lines is the book. The story is not completely written on some of these guys and their WWE careers, specifically Kevin Owens. It is very difficult to grade Kevin because when I do stuff like this. Do I, am I looking and am I grading him on where I project him to be? Mm. If this is the end of the list forever and we don't bring this back up in another five years in 2027, like, am I, am I looking to project him farther or am I basing his current NJPW versus wrestlers who have had their tenures like Hogan's and Savage and Austin's and rocks and takers and Michael's and triple H's to compare a full body of work to someone who is still writing their masterwork. Mm -hmm. Very, very hard to do. And part of me wants to grade up and Mm. actually do some projection and things like that. I know that may be frowned upon by the dais and everything, 
But if I'm if I'm having to put him in a class or in a time period for right now, I would say it's sub 50. Um, he does have some really solid jump up moments, but I think he's going to have a lot more later. Yeah, especially since we're in the in the point now of WWE where it's a bunch of stars and it's a bunch of like platoon guys. Right. And he is now unquestionably a star. Yes. Without like, I hate to say that like, Oh, well just being in there with Stone Cold Steve Austin makes you a made man. It's one thing to do like an interview segment at WrestleMania, but it's one thing for Stone Cold to actually like bump on concrete at WrestleMania for you. Right. And like, like make that work. Like if Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't want to wrestle a match, he wouldn't have. That he wouldn't have done it. He would he, not have done he, it. And he did it with Kevin Owens. I think that speaks volumes. So uh, sub 50 for me, but definitely has potential to move up. Yep. And if you heard, we just ran out of time. We are done with the second fastest 30 minutes in all of podcasting. Man, and I'm taking a look at this now. Our next set of stuff, uh, we may have covered a lot of recent wrestlers now, but looking at the randomized list we've got, the next episode is really going to speak to some of you old heads and see where uh, Marcus and I weigh out. As a promise, we will tell you who we're leading off with next. And it is a person who um, maybe steals your heart, but sometimes is a part of one of the greatest tag teams ever in WWF history. It is the Repo Man slash demolition smash barry darso on the list uh leading off next time here on gwwe revisited high low oh i know i know again don't want we don't want to go too far into it right now but um Thank you so much for joining us here on the North South Connection. If you enjoy what we do here, after every WWE, AEW, and NXT pay-per-view, Marcus and I do Viewer's Choice, where we do the hard work for you, tell you what's must-watch, what's must-skip, and who the MVP of the uh, event is. Uh, Right now, you can go back and listen to literally every live event that WWE has done or AEW has done or NXT has done in the calendar year. Um, we're not counting the TV specials like spring breaking or anything like that it has to be a PLE or a pay-per-view daddy. Um, who's but ready for some spring breaking? Not me, Jack. Uh, but also if you enjoy specifically what Marcus does, you can catch him in JT here on the North-South Connection with WWE War. Marcus, tell them a little bit about War. Yeah, War, you're going to catch me and JT using a uh, baseball analytics-inspired approach to grading the seasons of WWE. So uh, we start with the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania, and we count that as the beginning of the season, and we go all the way to uh, the next WrestleMania, and that is the end of the season. Uh, so we look at everything. We try to take a bunch of things into factor, so not just match quality alone, um, but we look at things like the build up into the pay-per-view itself, memorable moments that happened on the show, both positive and negative, um, you know, big time matches that happened. Uh, we, we try to put all those things into, uh, into the formula and then, uh, we get a final score for the show. So, uh, go ahead and check that out. 
Uh, I think as this makes air, we are going to be starting our NXT season soon. So yeah, uh, if we're not there yet, but the cat might be out of the bag. Either we'll say this: it either you're going to be starting the new season, or you're going to catch the season, the season award show for the 1999-2000 season, which is going to be real good, uh, to say the least. Thank you, my good man. So, uh, always positive work there. Um, You can also catch us off the network over at Final Wrestling Place. Uh, at T and M shows on Twitter, just search for final wrestling place on any of your podcatchers of choice, but it's where we take the nouns of professional wrestling and uh, put them in either the good place or the bad place. Uh, we go every four episodes of the new season. The season we're in right now is intercontinental champions that were never WWE champion. We've covered Jeff Jarrett as intercontinental champion. We've covered China's intercontinental champion. We're covering Cody Rhodes is Intercontinental Champion. And also we're covering the British Bulldog as Intercontinental Champion. So definitely a lot to look for there. Final wrestling place wherever you get your podcasts. But we will be back here in another two weeks on the North-South Connection to give you more of the fastest 30 minutes that your ears can stand. So until next time, as your boy would say, do the work. Yeah.